Well, good morning, Maple Ridge Alliance Church. It's great to be back and have an opportunity to share God's Word with you this morning. I uh, have good memories of my time working here, and it's great to have the opportunity to uh, worship and fellowship with you again. I got a phone call from Pastor Rob a while back saying, Hey, Jerry, we're doing a series on emotions and wondering if you'd like to come and uh, speak uh, for one Sunday in the summer. And I said, well, that sounds interesting. What, what emotions are you wanting me to uh, speak about? And he said, oh, we're looking at anxiety and worry. And I said, sure, I'll speak on uh, those topics. And then as I started to contemplate what I had agreed to, anxiety and worry, I felt myself getting a little worried and anxious because these are huge topics to consider. But I do believe that the scriptures have some good wisdom for us as we ponder how to uh, deal with these very powerful emotions and feelings that creep into our lives and sometimes take a lot of control of our lives. Before we look into the word, let's just pray together. Lord, I pray that as we ponder what your word has to say about how we navigate emotions in life, that uh, we would have our hearts and minds open to hear what your Spirit has to speak into our lives today. And thank you, Lord, for your truth. Amen. I have a sign in my home office. I've had it uh, on the wall for many, many years. And I still look at it. And it says the following. Good morning, Jerry. This is God. I will be handling all your problems today. I will not need your help, so have a good day. And I have to confess, there are many times I have looked at that sign and longed to live into it better. But the emotions of life, and especially uh, the emotions of anxiety and worry, can rob me of the ability to have a good day. When I talk about worry and anxiety, I know that they are actually two very different kinds of emotional states and conditions. Uh, and if, if we look at those terms, worry and anxiety, from a, a more of a formal counseling kind of uh, perspective, they have very specific definitions. I'm going to use a broader understanding of those two terms today, uh, even though they are not quite exactly the same. Uh, when we talk about anxiety, about worry, in, in terms of how we're going to look at it today, I, I want us to consider it in, in a higher altitude kind of approach, a growing sense of dis-ease, uh, of stress, perhaps fear, uh, uncertainty, confusion. And, and these emotions, when given enough fuel, can take over our lives, and sometimes in very destructive ways. And for some of us, based on our personality and temperament and upbringing, things like that, anxiety and worry can get a lot of real estate in our lives. Other people don't seem to struggle with it as often, or different things trigger it. So it, it, it's especially... Uh, different from person to person, and, and yet it's something we all experience. And I think especially now, as we're living through a pandemic, which 
uh, we've never lived through before, and there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of things where we don't have uh, answers, we don't know what the future will be like, and that can actually fuel these emotions uh, in addition to the normal anxieties and worries that we have in our day-to-day -day lives. The good news is the scriptures give us some wisdom to guide us as we navigate these emotional conditions in our life. So the first big idea that we need to think about from scripture as we ponder this massive topic of worry and emotion is that the scriptures tell us there is a better way. The scriptures offer us wisdom to live in such a way that worry and anxiety do not have to be controlling us in a powerful way. I love what it says and reminds us of, of the importance of Scripture in our lives. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we start to look at what the scriptures have to say on the topics of worry and anxiety, there's, there's two major texts. One is what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Another text about anxiety, Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we have two major texts of Scripture which already call us to see that worry and anxiety are not conditions and states of the emotion and the heart that, that we are to live in and, and be controlled by. Uh, in essence, what the high-altitude statement of Scripture is, is we don't have to stay in states of worry and anxiety. Those conditions will come. We will have times when we worry. We will have times and seasons, and sometimes prolonged seasons, where we feel great anxiety. They happen to us. And when they do, the scriptures say, we don't have to stay there. There is a better way to move forward. In fact, sometimes these emotions can become a vicious cycle where we start to feel worried about feeling worried. Or we start to feel anxious about the fact that we are always feeling anxious. And, and it can get into kind of a spiral which really takes over our lives. We feel these states sometimes intensely, but that doesn't mean they have to rule our lives. The scriptures do not condemn us for having these feelings. Even Christ himself felt troubled and distressed in his life. But God invites us to a life whereby worry and anxiety do not have to be in charge. So let's consider another big idea from the scriptures about how this can work in our lives. The second big idea from scripture about dealing with worry and anxiety is that it starts with the mind. 
It's interesting, if we read through the Scriptures to try and find out what the Scriptures say about emotions, the Scriptures don't say a lot compared to how much they say about the mind. And we are people who have emotional responses to things, and we have mental responses to things. We have mind responses as well as emotional. But this word mind is a, is a bit of a problematic word, especially in our English language. It means so many things at the same time. It, it can mean a power. We talk about having mind over matter. It can be an object. <laughs> you know, sometimes we say, boy, that person really gave me a piece of his or her mind. It can be a place, a state. Somebody says once in a while, what kind of idea is that? Are you out of your mind? It can be a puzzle. Sometimes we talk about people playing mind games with us. Uh, it can be like a scale. Something's weighing on my mind. Or, as a verb, mind your own business, mind your manners. So when we talk about mind, I think it's important to understand what do the Scriptures mean by the word mind? The Scripture refers to the mind. It really is talking about the God-given ability to think, to ponder, to reflect, to solve problems, to imagine, to understand, to problem-solve. It really talks about uh, something that God has given to us that is really based on the fact that we can think and ponder uh, and use our mental and intellectual God-given capacities for good. It's the unique ability to generate thought because we are made in God's image. And when we start to look at what the Scripture has to say about the mind, and in a moment we'll talk about that in relationship to emotions, uh, it's an in interesting things that we find and discover. When Peter wrote to the displaced Christians in uh, the book of 1 Peter, and these, these were Christians who had been scattered because they were under persecution in the Roman world. They were dealing with lots of worry, lots of anxiety, lots of uncertainty. One of the things he said to them, an interesting statement, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, to the Christians who were dealing with uh, a condition and state of life that was very uncertain, he says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled and set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you in Jesus Christ. When Paul was writing to the Roman Christians, who again were living in a very uncertain state, he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern, and really that word pattern means mindset of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You'll have to take this by faith, but when I was in high school, I was involved in wrestling. And the high school that I went to back in Regina actually had a reputation of doing very well in the provincial uh, tournaments. And our high school won the wrestling provincial championship a number of times, and we had a very well-known, well-respected wrestling coach. And he used to say to us, you know, we can teach you all kinds of techniques about wrestling, and we can teach you all kinds of moves and defensive tactics. We can teach you all of those things, and those are important, but most important is what's going on between your ears. 
he would say to us, you will win or lose your wrestling match based on how mentally prepared you are. To use the gifts and abilities and tools that you have. It's the mental game that determines whether or not you will win. And when we would be walking out to a match, whether it was practice or in a real match, he would say to us as we were walking by, he wouldn't yell it, but he'd say to it kind of quietly, but with, with conviction, he, he would say as we were just going out, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And he was trying to remind us that what was going on here had a great outcome on how we wrestled. The big idea here from Scripture is that when we are wrestling with the struggles of worry and anxiety, it starts with our thinking and what's going on in our minds. That's why Paul wrote to the Philippians about this. In chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer... Bring your request to God. And then he's, he caps it with this beautiful statement in verse 8. He says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Instead of staying in a state of anxiety and worry, bring your requests to God and then focus your mind on the right things, the best things. And I love the broad scope and spectrum of the kinds of things he tells us to focus our minds on when we are in a state of anxiety and worry. What is true? What is noble? Right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy. The positives of life, the realities of life that are actually something that can lift us into a mental state of faith and hope in our Creator, in God in the Holy Spirit, in Christ, in things that are true and noble. In essence, instead of focusing on the negative and the things that aren't working and the fears, we are to take a mental trip to a place where we focus on other kinds of things. And this is not an easy thing to do, but it is the call that God gives us in how we wrestle with our emotions. What happens in the mind, scriptures teach us, can overpower what happens in the emotions. The great devotional writer, A.W. Tozer, has said to us about this whole idea of what goes on in our minds, a powerful statement. Tozer writes the following, the human intellect, even in its fallen state, is an awesome work of God. God reveals in the mind things that are renewed and enlightened by grace. 
There is scarcely anything on earth more beautiful than an alert and eager mind enlightened by the presence of the indwelling Christ. That word enlightened is a beautiful word. God brings light into the darkness. God brings perspective on things that have gotten out of kilter. I think of the story of Abraham. And he was struggling with what God wanted. And God took him up to the top of a mountain and said, see all the land. It's all here for you. And God changed his perspective from struggle to vision. The spiritually mature mind is so disciplined, so prepared, that even when is it exposed to ideas and influences and emotional challenges that are contrary to a life of faith, it is able to think, to analyze, to evaluate, and articulate to itself and others what it means to live a life of faith and obedience under difficult circumstances. Even in emotionally challenging situations, such as the power of worry, the onslaught of anxiety, it does not wilt. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul, talking about the struggles of his life and all the problems that he's had, talks about how even in all these things, what went on in his mind was most important. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, I think sum, summarizes this up in a very clear way. As a man, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Good biblical thinking focused on what is true and noble and pure and right and praiseworthy and admirable and lovely and excellent. Focused thinking on the things that God wants us to think about becomes a powerful force to bring light into our minds and our hearts, to bring perspective, and to bring hope when the emotions of life want to take over and run things. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, oh, pardon me, Romans chapter 8, that the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. You know, I like to put a sermon into a sentence if possible. And when it comes to this idea of dealing with emotions of anxiety and worry, what I believe the Scriptures is trying to tell us more than anything else is this. What we focus on is what controls us. Imagine with me that you got a valentine from your true love and you open it up and instead of it having a heart on the front, it had a brain, a picture of a human head with a brain in it. You know, well, that's kind of different, you know, valentine with a head instead of a heart. And you open it up and it said, 
I love you with all my mind. How do you respond to a valentine like that? That's kind of an interesting <laughs> valentine to get. Well, how about this? God says that one of the ways he wants us to love him is with our minds. Jesus said, Matthew 22, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Practicing the spiritual discipline of learning to love God with our minds and allowing God to shape and renew our minds and our thinking is one of the ways that the emotions of life, whether they're very positive emotions, which can be incredibly powerful, or very negative ones, which can sometimes just absolutely defeat us, don't become what controls us. The renewed mind, the enlightened mind, the mindset on loving God counteracts all of that. There are some ways to love God with our minds. To let our thinking dominate our emotions in a biblical way. Fill our minds with Scripture. Reading it. Meditating on it. Allowing it to speak clearly to our hearts. Romans chapter 15 says the following. Everything that was written to us in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Another way to love God with our minds is to ask God to fill not only our hearts, but our minds with His Spirit every day. Back to that text in Romans. I'm going to just expand on that a little bit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on that, what that nature desires. What we focus on is what controls us. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. And boy, when we're in anxiety take over our lives. It, it feels like we're dying inside. But the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. What a difference between those two conditions based on what's going on in our minds. And of course, as it said in Philippians 4, when we are in an anxious state, we can also focus with prayer and give our concerns and requests to God and instead of being focused on the problem we focus on the one who can meet our need and either remove the problem change the problem or give us the courage to conquer that problem and get through it I wish worry and anxiety were not so powerful I wish they didn't exist I wish they weren't so crippling I wish that there were times in my life when they would just go away. But they don't. It's, it's just part of the human condition. I guess it's part of our fallen world that these negative emotions somehow become so powerful. 
But I am so thankful and grateful that God in his mercy through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can do a powerful work in my mind to change my focus, my perspective, and at least put worry and anxiety on a leash so they just don't run wild in my life and ruin everything. So I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me today. Maybe it's a prayer you've never prayed before. It's a simple prayer which I think is an important step in learning how a renewed mind can be powerful in the struggle against some of those negative emotions, especially the emotions of anxiety and worry. Here's a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, today... I want to make a fresh commitment to love you with all my mind. You say that prayer again. You can ponder that. Think about that. Dear Jesus, today I want to make a fresh commitment to love you with all my mind. We talk often about Jesus having lordship over our hearts. I think to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my mind and my thinking is even a more critical step in our faith journey. I want to wind this up with where I started this morning, but I just want to ask that you insert your name instead of my name in what I started with. Good morning, Jerry. Or, good morning, your name. This is God. I will be handling all of your problems today, and I will not need your help. So, have a good day. May we all discover more about what it means to have a renewed mind that gives to us a way through the dark emotional struggles that sometimes seem to want to conquer our life. May God bless us all in this endeavor today. Amen.